0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another weekly recap. We had a very uh, busy weekend, but before we get to starting on this episode, I would like to go on a little rant. All right, most of y'all know that this podcast, before it was V2, all SEC all the time, it was a Tennessee podcast, so I feel that this has to be uh, thrown out there. After watching the game this weekend, I've been telling everybody in V2, I've even been telling y'all on some episodes, uh, Tennessee's defensive coordinator Tim Banks does not deserve a job. Does not de- deserve a job at a high school, a middle school, a pee wee football league, or even hell—just an intramural league. He called cover three sky every play of the game. South Carolina ran maybe five separate plays with the same routes all game long, and he proceeded to mess it up, play after play after play after play. Now. He is one of the worst coaches I've ever watched in my life. I've lived through every SEC team having their worst coach, besides Georgia. I don't even know if you can clarify Mark Rick is a bad coach. I've lived through watching Dan Mullen at Florida. Watching Will Muschamp at South Carolina. Watching, hell, Coach Harson at Auburn. But Tim Banks... What the hell was that? Okay, you could get an elite
1: performance.
0: You know what? Yeah, honestly, leave him in Columbia. Take him on South Carolina's, you know, coaching staff because he is the best damn offensive coordinator that South Carolina has at this moment. No, we could trade offensive coordinator for defensive coordinator. You know what? Hell, you know, we'll, Marcus we'll take, is elite. We'll take Satterfield's Satterfield's
1: in a defensive
0: coordinator. We? you are not you taking know, Alex Gillette. No so. second. I want to get. I want to say something because of what I saw last night. I've been very vocal about my uh, of how much I don't like Shane Beamer. I think he's cocky. I thought he was arrogant. After last night, that man earned my respect in more ways than one. Okay, every single time a Tennessee player went down, he was the first over there, and he would try to help him up. I don't care if you're playing a team and you've got hate against them you're trying to get an upset. He still went over there to make sure that player was okay. And what a shame it was that Hendon Hooker's ACL, he, he had a great career. Nobody wants to see their career grow out like that. Shane Beamer made it to him before Tennessee's coaching staff did. As somebody that's just watching the sport, as a fan of either team, as a fan of a team that's not even associated in that game, you have to respect that no matter what. This kid's career is over. Tennessee's coach and staff, it took them a minute to get over there cuz they didn't realize what was going on. But Shane Beamer, he did not care. He he walked out there. He tried to help him up. He tried everything. He made it over there. And with that being said, I respect the hell out of Shane Beamer. I respect him. I respect him more than every single person on that damn defense. Because that was just a pitiful performance. But Shane Beamer, I know you don't listen to the podcast. Trust me, I'm aware. But if it somehow makes it to you, I don't care where you go and coach. You've got a fan for life. After that game, that that's all I needed to see. I don't care about what teams are playing. I don't care about it at all. It's the love of the game, and that's what it is. And I love the fact that you went out there and still supported those kids after they went down with injuries. It means a lot. It shows that you had a lot of heart. And I will never badmouth you, talk down on you, question your ethics, your coaching decisions, any of that anymore. Because you have earned nothing but my complete respect. Now, we're going to go ahead and get into the rest of the game slate. I just feel like that had to be said. So let's go ahead and segue, since I started with that nice little rant, to the Tennessee-South Carolina game. The biggest upset since, hell... I would say that's the biggest upset since App State in Michigan. 2007? Yeah. I mean, tell me one that's been a little bit bigger that you've, like, top five. This season. South getting Carolina. 60, getting 60 South Carolina. Versus,
1: oh, wait, no, it's this
2: true. This season take... has been so reminiscent of 2007 if you look at the amount of Yeah, I completely agree. I completely
1: it. agree. But I, is,
2: I mean, it will never – no season will compare to 2007 how crazy it was. But if you want undeniable. a season that's – Close to it, it's twenty twenty
1: two. Yeah, but you guys have to give South Carolina respect for this game. They came out, they showed up, they started the game with five straight touchdown, like drives, and they were passes too. I'm pretty sure passes, rushes, most of majority of them were passes. But Rattler played elite. I don't care. Some plays they did run similar, but Rattler when when he was called upon. Absolutely, was confident. He looked poised in the pocket. He uh, had he went through his progressions and actually looked like an NFL quarterback, and had the career moment in his game. If he can continue that success, he he will be a he, he will be a stud for South Carolina next year. Not not even just a stud. He's what people think. Levis was at Kentucky.
0: Okay, I'll be on, real. Hold on. That take yes. That's Spencer had a great That take game. was probably, a little bold.
1: I'm saying good. if he yeah. continues. I'm saying if he
3: continues to the build. The thing that up. is, that's very unlikely. And yeah, I'll yeah, actually segue into the I point seen here. With Jackson
0: on that one. If he continues uh, but, to play anywhere near to what he played Saturday night. He has a great That's absolutely
3: true. The only thing is, he won't do that, unfortunately, even though that was an I awesome performance. I, I, Jackson Before
2: I, we started recording, like, I said that that performance was insane. He won't he, replicate. Like, that's the type of performance that a lot of times will not be replicated. I, I
1: mean, I, that's a I have to a say, that is the best QB performance versus a top five
3: team I've ever seen in my life. Like, okay, so. I'm going to go ahead and stop there because I already disagree. I think Bryce Young's performance against Tennessee was way better than that.
1: What?
3: The way way he was able to carry a team, that offense was absolutely miserable, and yet he evaded the pocket better than any quarterback I've ever seen play football. And he proved a point as to why he'd be one of the best quarterbacks in the draft this year. But this is nothing to talk about, Bama. That's just a side rant. I had a few notes about this game. First off, as mentioned... Rattler played like a Heisman. That was quintessential Johnny Manziel-type football of evading the pocket, finding the right throw. That, that, that's college football. If you want to find a game as to why we watch this sport so much, this specific league, there you go. That game, perfect example. But going forward, there are a few things to note here. Number one, this game proved to me something that I did not think I would be saying at all this year. Tennessee was yet another overrated team in the SEC, and I'm going to be the first to say it. They are a not the same team when they play on the road versus when they play at home. You can definitely see a difference in both pace and how they run the defense when they're away versus home, and this game, great example of that. And don't get me wrong, South Carolina, your fans showed out. Your team showed out. That was a game that made you guys... Basically on the map, it got people to talk about you, and that's awesome. But at the same time, Tennessee, you fumbled. I get the Hendon Hooker injury was horrible, and I'll get to that later on, but I don't really want to talk about that because that didn't have any effect on the game. Tennessee was losing regardless. And even though the offense was doing really well, that defense couldn't do anything. And again, who does it all go down to? Banks. I saw South Carolina run the same... Few plays every single time where they'd run a spread offense. Two receivers would go deep. Two would run deep post, and the posts would always be open because a linebacker would be having to cover deep because they were also trying to account for the running back coming up. Yo, can and it I just, go on a it rant, Never worked. Like after you, yeah, you got it. Okay. But just last point to bring up is that I think this game continues to prove the point of what we've all been saying. Any given Saturday. never never expect a team to win because at this point i will go as far to say as this the college football playoff poll or college football playoff top four right now that it is as it is being tennessee michigan ohio state and um georgia that will not be the same by the end of the year that will be completely different and i guarantee you two of those teams won't be there i will go that far yeah michigan Uh,
2: and ohio state sort themselves out but jackson you have the floor
1: Okay, I want to go on this little rant Okay, South Carolina came in this game one of the worst offenses in the SEC. Everybody was doubting them. Everybody, even the commentators, at the beginning of the game, they said, Oh, uh, yeah, we expect Tennessee to put sixty. We expect Tennessee to have a uh, amazing performance versus this garbage South Carolina team." And it and it looked insane on how the crowd and how South Carolina was able to respond every single time Tennessee scored. They got the ball first. They scored. They established the game from the start. Uh, they started off with a twenty-one-seven to lead. And they played great, and uh, they performed at a high level. And not only that, they were without their two best running backs, and and not just any running backs. These these two were one of their most impacted players of the season, and they were out. Not only that, their best defensive player, Nick Amanuwari, the the SEC leader in tackles, got out due to a horrible and targeting call. But he was out. More secondary people got injured
3: on top of that.
1: Yeah, the it's like the the entire South Carolina defense got injured at one point. It feels like, but every time the next man stepped up and they they took care of Tennessee. I mean, they they did they did the best they did the best damn job they possibly could. And Cam Smith put Jalen Hyatt on a map, man. That that has to be the greatest. That has to be one of the best corner performances versus a wide receiver I've seen that that is a great that was a great matchup that that was one of the best games i've watched and uh i'm i'm proud of south carolina to defeat an overrated tennessee team and you could tell the crowd was in it the entire game you saw the crowd getting ready to storm the field yeah, you, you saw count, the uh, did the you guys crowd hear the crowd
2: cheering when a tennessee player was down after he hurt himself
1: yeah did you hear and the your
2: fans throwing trash on the field
1: yeah that that was, that you know, that was uh,
2: i mean
3: Actually, Nate, I'm since you
1: bring that up, that I, I want to actually congrats. bring up a
3: point. Wait, can I finish my
1: rant? Let me finish first. my rant. Uh, yeah, okay. Here, right. Okay. Shane Beamer, during all of that, during all of the upset-type game, all of their injuries, he came up there, he was the first one there, trying to help them up, trying to give them motivation to get up and try to continue playing the game. I mean, what type of generational coach do, like like does that? You, you've never seen any coach do that ever. No no coach ever does that. He stepped up. He showed why he's a leader for this team. And I that that is an amazing, amazing team. Like I saw. If they continue that, they will be Clemson. I i don't think they will, but
3: so, I'm just saying. This is just a side uh point that I want to bring up regarding Hendon Hooker. And this doesn't specifically predicate to South Carolina fans, but more of College football fans in general who have done what I'm about to bring up over the uh, all of today, I have seen so many comments when there's a post about like Hendon Hooker, um, being injured with the torn ACL, and they're saying, haha that's karma. Take the L, Tennessee. You guys suck. I hope Hendon Hooker never gets recovers from injury." And to that, stop watching football. Stop stop watching sports. Stop going out in public and and being whoever you are because that's disgusting you're a horrible person for saying that and i just don't understand how anybody including your own family tolerates your presence the fact that you are happy that somebody got injured regardless of what has happened now or in the past is absolutely shameful and their justification for that is a few years ago tennessee's fans cheered when um chubb nick chubb got carted off the field well there's a little bit of logic i like to bring in here. Just because somebody is being mean, that doesn't justify that you can be mean as well. You, it, it is truly embarrassing to both the fans that were at that stadium as well as anybody else who participated in this slander to say that you were happy that somebody got injured and potentially has his career ruined. So, if if you are one of those people, I would advise you to stop listening to this podcast and don't ever talk to me in person because i no longer have any respect for you
2: i'm also going to go on a little tangent regarding that and some of the other things so a lot of one thing that started to circulate after the tennessee and south carolina game was that there were issues going on in the locker room regarding Jeremy banks and hinden hooker those allegations that they got into it are completely false. You can, talk, you can look at Jeremy Banks. Even he confirmed it. Secondly, to top what he was just talking about, regardless of who you root for, regardless of who you don't like as a team, the one thing you should never do as a college football fan, as a coach, as a fellow player of the sport... Is cheer when one of your brothers or brothers in the sport in general get hurt, because just like you, that dude is trying to make it. That person's trying to make it. What happened to Nick Chubb um, against Tennessee a few years ago was a complete accident. Regardless of what Georgia fans want to talk about, regardless of what Tennessee fans want to talk about, regardless of any outsider looking in, that wasn't intentional. Was it wrong for them to cheer? Absolutely. Uh, it's terrible. You don't, like, you don't cheer when someone gets hurt. So that's why I say this specifically to South Carolina fans. How would you feel if one of your players, because Brandon Turnage, he went up to make a play on the ball and he came down and he injured himself. I don't know what the injury was. But while he was down and being checked out, South Carolina fans were chanting. I don't know what they were chanting, but it was definitely to poke at the fact he got hurt. Secondly, reffing for this game, regardless of who you rooted for, was terrible. But, coming as someone who watched the Tennessee and Ole Miss game, it is never, never an excuse to throw trash on the field. Never do that. That is disrespectful. To the students, that is disrespectful to the athletes that are playing on that field. That is disrespectful to your university that you're attending, and it shows absolutely no class. Just, that was an outstanding game by South Carolina. They just showed that they were the better team that day, and I will double down with that and say that if you root someone to get hurt, you, you, you don't understand the point of any sport, and you should never, ever watch a sport again.
0: All right, now with all of us being done with our takes on the Tennessee-South Carolina game, Let's go ahead and move on to another game that was the same exact uh, ending. So say no quarterbacks went down with an ACL. Score wasn't that bad. oh uh, Miss, what happened? How okay, I, okay. Back I, I can Arkansas?
3: I can explain that. I can explain that. Ole Miss sucks. Is- Right. Ole Miss sucks. Yeah, yeah. Jackson, they have Jackson, never been Jackson, good. Dart. They have is
1: always overrated? been overrated. What have, what have I said? Jackson Dart is overrated We've and garbage. I
3: have I have said since week be as since yeah. week three when I saw them play Tulsa, or I think that's when they played them. But the point is, since they've played Tulsa, I've realized that Let's this say, team is not them okay, whatsoever. Right. Since the I LSU saw them game, week one. The Auburn game. All of those games, all Miss is not a good team. Their defense is horrible. And unless they are playing an in a really inferior opponent, their offense is not good either. Besides I mean, their running backs. Their running backs are elite. <laughs> Let's get that out of the way. The true, backs, but ultimately I'm talking elite. about the entire collective unit of the offense, not just one aspect of it. And they cannot do anything when they play either away or against a better team. And this is a perfect example. So... I know that people are, are going to argue, well, LSU almost um, lost to Arkansas, so this isn't horrible. Well, I also figured out, which I'm kind of embarrassed that I didn't earlier, LSU had a ton of people injured that game or out because of um, the flu or some sort of injury or something. So, in And plus with the weather, I can at least kind of understand it. I still think LSU is overrated, but I can at least give them a little bit of understanding. With this, zero excuse. This just says a lot about what Ole Miss football is and what I've been saying about them a long time. And it's they are not contenders and they should have never – like the fact that they are still ranked is mind-boggling. People might say that's overkill for me to say it's shocking they're, they're ranked. I don't. Well, what have they done to say that they should be a ranked team? What wins do they have to make them a good team? They've struggled against Auburn. They've lost to LSU. They've lost to Arkansas. What wins do they have to say, like, this is a good football team we're looking at? Lost to Alabama at home. I mean, I'm Vanderbilt, willing to... They, they might lose okay. to Mississippi State as well. I, I just... I don't understand what this team offers they struggled makes to them a, so good.
1: They struggled to a 4-7 and seven A&M team. They struggled to Vanderbilt. Now, Vanderbilt's low-key good now, but...
0: How did they struggle to Vanderbilt?
1: It the first half the
0: 52 first half. 28 first I,
1: half, not gonna yeah but let, let's just say if aj swan isn't quarterback we all know vanderbilt wins that game but okay right, hold on hold
0: on the old miss arkansas game it clearly did not impact us as much as the tennessee south carolina did so let's go but it was still big it, it was, was still big, big. don't 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 let us go over Arkansas Arkansas
1: fans. I am so proud of you for making a bowl. No, hold I'm on. so proud hold of you. On. I love you guys.
0: Everybody. I need. Okay. So I told the boys two weeks ago, or maybe it was, Raheem. Sanders is him. Nope. I told him, I said, if, if Vandy finds a way, because there are not enough six win teams in the nation to make a bowl game,
1: no, I'll make a bowl game by, either way.
0: Yeah, I will. Yeah. Honestly, y'all hear that take on a Thursday. Um, if Vandy makes a bowl game, I will buy not not one of the fake cheap ones. I will go to the Vanderbilt Athletics website and I will buy the Whiteout Mike Wright jersey because I've Mike already Wright, decided to buy one. Mike Wright is him and I'm going to tell y'all this right now. Mike Wright could go start for any SEC team right now and be just a menace. The only problem with him being at Vandy is The weapons he has. I'm not going to lie. The weapons that, like, Bama has, Georgia has, Tennessee has. Hell, I would say Florida, but Florida got smacked by Vandy. So, uh, hell, if he even had the weapons that South Carolina had, Mike Wright could be a literal, I wouldn't go as far as to say Heisman winner, but I'd say, like, golden arm. I don't
3: know. I mean, in my opinion, I think Vanderbilt's the perfect place for him. He is the resurgence of the culture of the football program. He is finally bringing Vanderbilt what those fans and that program deserve. They they needed wins, and he's just giving them back-to-back SEC wins. This is literally a godsend. They needed this man. Can I go on a
1: rant about Mike Wright here? In every single You've game, had he's your rent. no, no, this yeah, is we the already season. saw. Rent once, okay, no, okay. Mike no, no, no. White is a winner me.
2: every oh, season. Passed. There, he's look at his completion death percentage death. and how he throws the ball. He he can't throw the ball. I mean, he I can don't get care. it done. No. I'll rephrase that. Before you continue, I'll rephrase that. He can semi throw the ball, but if you look at his passing completion percentage, it's terrible. He can run yeah. really well, uh, and if he if he got if he becomes a more accurate passer, he'd be a really good dual threat. But he can't. Yeah. Uh, he can be somewhat accurate, but his he's not consistent enough. He can yeah, run. Yeah, that
3: can
1: develop, crazy.
2: though. Yeah,
1: we have to remember this is just his second season as a starter. He still has time, but he's got playing time. Exactly. But let, let's just say this, okay. Every single situation, he's been proven to be a winner. Besides the Wake Forest game, he, that's the only game he struggled. South Carolina in 2021, 20, you guys remember that game? His defense sold him out of that game, but he won that game for Vanderbilt. He should have won that game for Vanderbilt. But guess what? The next year... uh well, I mean, last, the uh, 2021, they almost beat uh, Kentucky. They they almost beat a lot of teams in uh, Clark Lee's first year. But what did they do this year? Mike Wright finally takes the starting job back. And what does he do? Beats Kentucky and Florida back to back. He started Vanderbilt right. off strong with an upset win over Hawaii. And has done this to possibly make them a bowl game. I mean, what so, possibly more excellent. could you ask from the guy? And
2: just at the people, I think Mike Wright has a lot of potential. But uh, looking at both of their quarterback stats, combined, the team has a fifty-seven and a, a fifty-seven point six completion percentage. I Mike know. Wright has thrown two touch uh, no, he hasn't. He's thrown four touchdowns, three interceptions. He has a one hundred and forty rating. What
1: what are you so talking about?
2: I'm reading you Mike Wright's stats.
1: He has twelve t- Touchdown passes on
3: the
2: season.
1: Uh, oh,
3: wait. So, was that? Uh,
2: this that's is, just what ESPN says.
3: If yes. it's cool, I'm also going to segue to the I other to side of the football in this game. Uh, Florida. So... Also of look, the team rushing. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy for Vanderbilt. Great win. But ultimately, you still lost to what is still probably one of the worst teams in the SEC. No offense, Mike Wright, but that's technically true. And because of that, I like... I'm going to be honest. A lot of people like to say, well, Florida's just inconsistent. Sometimes they have really good games. When was their really good game, may I ask? South because Carolina. Because I remember, Utah. I had, well, first off, Utah was week one, and they just barely squeaked out a win there. And as for South Carolina, I mean, you're still playing not the greatest team, and you're at home. So it wasn't the most impressive win. But considering the win South Carolina just got, maybe it wasn't all bad. But what's shocking to me is they're actually selling on AR. He ha- he threw for like 400 yards this game, and he put up 24, which is nothing to be ashamed of. I mean, I'm not saying that AR is a great QB. He's he's just serviceable. But no. the, fact that, yeah, the fact that Florida gave up 31 points to Vanderbilt is concerning. And let me just say, you play at Doak Campbell Stadium next week. Y'all better be worried that you don't let the Noles drop 50 on your team. Oh, because yeah. um, there Jackson. are a lot of concerns for this program. And But the only thing I can say is, it's Napier's first year, so technically you don't have to worry that much. Because Vanderbilt- he's got much to prove. Oh, Vanderbilt uh, held Florida to 45 rushing yards.
2: Yeah, and Jackson, Mike Wright has thrown... For four touchdowns and rushed for five. Twelve touchdowns. And Can I just say rushed, four words on yeah, this game? for updating their stats because it says he's rushed for five and he's thrown for four.
1: Check so check his this, stats. Look him up. I just, I
2: just need I'm four words about this, this game. Wait, wait, wait Jake,
1: what? What do you right got, Jake?
2: Mike Wright lost, is course, him. So never mind yep. But he that's all I need. Mike Wright is him.
1: Mike Wright his is him?
2: completion percentage is the most.
3: Shut up. He is him. I feel okay. I Mike He's been anywhere. Awesome. Okay, we start. got the point. He has much to improve on, but the potential is there, so we should yeah. probably move right, on to right, another all right, game. All
0: right, all right, let's go ahead and yeah. talk about it. Before we get into the other games, specifically Kentucky and Georgia. We talked last week and said and made a bet with you, Luke, that if Will yeah. Levis was taken top ten in the draft you would potentially get a Mayo Man Will Levis tattoo on your right-ass cheat. You said you would tell us in a week. I did, and I I do have
3: the answer. And it's, I need to change my statement to what I originally made. (laughs) So to all the analysts that I shunned, I apologize. Because you ultimately are not in the wrong. You're just given what is being or you're just saying what has been given to you. You are not the problem. It is NFL organizations that are the problem. It is the GMs and the owners who are looking at Will Levis and saying, a guy who's barely won any games with a semi solid SEC team, that's our franchise QB. So no, you are not you are not the problem. It's the NFL organization. So I should say I would not be surprised anymore if he did go top 10 but now I'd be more mad about the fact that a team drafted him in the top 10 rather than the analysts who are conveying the information. So, I again, my sincerest apologies. I looked like an idiot. I looked like I said some blasphemous statement like South Carolina would beat Florida, and clearly I am not... <laughs> That type of person, even though I may or may not have said that, but um, let's yeah, um, that's all I got. Uh, I don't want to take that bet because I probably am gonna lose since there is some GM out there who still thinks Will Levis is good. You yeah, no, could call me that, but ultimately,
2: I don't I, know how I, to read an NFL on, mind. Let's get in I would, the
3: other games. Let's get to Georgia, you
2: and I would not even take that bet to get a tattoo like At that Kentucky.
1: Now, let me tell you something. Georgia, why was this a close game? Why they did you
3: play good against the good bad teams? <laughs> like, and that's a concern. The more I think about it, I'm honestly starting to consider that Georgia is beatable. Like, you're saying right, that all after all the Tennessee right. game, like this is undisputably the best team in the league. No chance anybody beats them. I'm no, no longer no, saying yeah. that. Ohio this State has a chance. Michigan has a chance. No, they These teams have a chance. I, I don't think either, either have a chance. I did watch I, the I Illinois game. Blake
1: likely going to be out for the season, it looks like.
2: I want the, There's one key factor that can Wait, no, he's not. Blake, Blake fine.
1: I, I mean, if he if he's not there for Ohio State. No, uh, I mean, he literally
3: yeah. is fine. They gave out a report saying that they just w- didn't want to risk him playing anymore. For oh, this, I didn't know that. Make, didn't in know that. Yeah, he's um, good to go. He'll play um, in the Ohio okay. State game. I didn't know yeah. that. There's, all good, all good. There's one
2: key thing that keeps Georgia in games, and it's their defense. They've got a good 100%. offense. That's that is clear. There's, they've still got a top offense. That'sn't been a, it still proves everybody wrong time after time. But their offense isn't what win, wins them games.
1: Oh we we've been on that. We've been on that. Yeah,
2: everybody yeah. should be aware of this. If they I mean, and they'll have a consistently good defense probably for a few more years.
1: Ever as, as long as Kirby's there, they will have a top ten defense. Yeah, so no,
2: Kirby is cementing himself as one of the better Coaches in recent memory, just consistent consistency wise.
0: All right, boys.
2: Georgia has always been one of those programs you can you can think of them like because if people there's probably people of the watched Tennessee when they were consistently good back in the 90s, early 2000s, 80s that they probably listen. If you watched those teams back then, like the, the blue bloods of college football, like Tennessee, USC, uh, Wisconsin. Say? Uh, yeah, Florida State, the ones that used to be the Ohio States, the Bamas, the Georgias, it's the same State story. Coming back. Yeah, Florida State is. If Tennessee can become consistent and get some more recruiting classes, they've right, got Nico. the stuff is set for a lot of teams that used to be good and used to be the teams that we all are familiar with now. They just need to act on it.
0: All right, boys, listen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I understand that we now have unlimited time due to our new recording, but we have some people that got to do some things after the uh, episode recording, so we're going to go ahead and cover one more game because the other three are definitely not, or the other four are definitely not worth looking at. Uh, Alabama beat Austin Pay. We didn't even cover that on the field because that was just a waste of breath. Uh, Mississippi State... Mexico State, congrats, Missouri. You beat a Western team that doesn't actually play football. Auburn beat Western Kentucky, and all of this look like idiots. And Mississippi State, <laughs> you blew out ETSU. The wait, the game that I want to talk about is UMass and Texas A&M. Now, well, A and M. Well, UMass would win, no. man.
1: Oh. You said UMass would win.
0: Where, where, yeah. where do you so first
3: off, off? Uh, okay. Okay. to everybody okay. besides oh, no. me oh, no. and Jackson who said that UMass no, 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 would win no, no, that no, no, game. No, no, no. What happened? Uh, why did the Minutemen lose
0: again?
2: Uh, I can't remember what I said, but I do remember bringing up the difference in group of five talent and D1 talent.
0: Okay, yeah, this, hold, on, hold on, Jackson. Hold on, buddy. So let me explain something to y'all real quick. <laughs> if Texas A&M, which I get it, Texas A&M was supposed to win. I had to throw out an upset pick. Why in the hell? was umass clamping the literal like everything out of texas a&m in the first half held them to under a hundred rushing yards you have a chain yeah what i'll say it now i can tell you now
3: jimbo i've used to say that jimbo fisher's just a bad coach i was wrong he is not a bad coach he is the worst coach he yeah, is literally think. worse than Harson. I would take Harson in a heartbeat Whoa, okay. over Jimbo Fisher. Okay,
0: hold on now, hold on now. Say in fans. I believe Tennessee would like to call and offer a trade. You get <laughs> Tim Banks. Tennessee receives Jimbo Fisher and one recruit. As a defensive coordinator. Yes,
3: dun 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 dun, dun, dun,
0: dun. Trade decline. no. You, you want
2: to know who? I you want to know who Tennessee would really like to get as a coordinator
0: a minute? Let's continue talking about Texas A and M and UMass. Well, lost champ. Okay, listen. I love that take. I really do. But Tennessee does not have that kind of money. Now, it would be A&M so
2: nice for Tennessee fans sure. to have them
0: when it went into halftime. The only question I have for all Texas A and M fans. Do you really think your coach is going to give a damn, your recruits are going to care, your players are going to care? If you're leaving the game at halftime, I saw videos, I saw pictures. That stadium was empty. All right? Congrats, y'all. Yeah, as it should
2: be. what
0: LSU did when
2: they played Tennessee.
0: Y'all are pissed. Yeah, but it was at home and they were winning. All right? Y'all were pissed that your coach isn't good. But guess what? He's going to continue to do this stupid playing around BS because he knows it pisses y'all off. And y'all not showing up just keeps adding fuel to the fire. Jimbo is a petty man. He got petty with Nick Saban because of a five-star recruit named Tony Mitchell. All right? Just letting y'all know if y'all didn't know that one. He got petty with him because of Tony Mitchell. All right? Jimbo is a petty, petty man. Do
3: not mess with him. Selfish. It's not only that, but I think that his past has really inflated his stock. I mean, he had one of the greatest college football talent ever for like a unit when he was at fsu therefore he succeeded i feel like basically no coach could have screwed that up but because of that past it still is hanging on as if that makes him worth anything when in reality it doesn't because the best coaches in this league such as even then i he's falling off the nick sabins uh of sorts they they're they're good true they're good though Because they always change. Every year, they will re-look at their playbook and how the game is evolving. And they will change what what they do so they can succeed in the future. Jimbo is still running the same scheming that he's ran, like, eight years ago. And I don't understand how anybody hasn't pointed out that it's not just because he wastes talent or can't develop it, rather. But also that he's not really been a good coach close to ever. He's always been just a mid-level coach. Bottom line. And now he's just horrible.
2: Facts. So you want to know who um, Timbo Fisher is very similar to in regards to his stock being valuable as is? And that would be none other than Scott Frost. A lot of people... Wanted Scott Frost to come to his alma mater because of how good he was, but that is the state. The, tri- the that you hear a lot.
1: Are wishing for Frost? Do
2: not oh, yeah. as as a um, as someone who went to a school. I mean, some coaches have done it and they've succeeded, but Scott Frost is the prime of exa- example of sometimes it's you know because you played at that school doesn't mean you should be a coach Go there, and he ruined his career.
3: Or to go fund me,
0: you know what, A&M? go get your most famous football alumni to come coach. He'd be great for the culture, Johnny. Yeah, get yeah, money, Manziel, get, to get coach get Johnny the Johnny He'd be Great for recruits. A lot of recruiting visits would end dude, up being so When, like Coke, strip clubs. You don't understand how many recruits <laughs> you went over that way. Like, no, no dude, we're gonna call me crazy. Parsons on the table. How
2: actual so a positive actual effect Manziel being on the staff. Of Texas A&M would be because so many people and recruits would be like oh my gosh Johnny is on the staff I should go I want to do, be with that dude not because he'd be a good coach because he's a party dude and they'd be like dude we could party with our coach
3: that's kind of like how Deion Sanders is anymore. with like yeah, exactly. it's the guy rather exactly. than the
2: coach it would suck it would suck but uh, they would have fun while sucking beca- because... Pause.
1: Pause.
0: Wait a pause. minute.
1: Wait a minute. That's
0: what she said. We're going to go to the sign-off because I'm going to make sure that everybody has to hear you. Go ahead and, if you are listening on Spotify, hit that little button right to the left of the pause that says back 15 seconds. That way you can hear this man say, at least you'll have fun sucking. <laughs> That's the most crazy... Yeah, you know what? I'm going straight to the sponsorships. V2 Sports is so excited to be the newest members of Team SeatGeek. Make sure you use code V2Sports on any purchase that's over $50 for $20 off. And here's a little hint. It has to be a new account. It's for new users only, air quotations. Just make a new account. Use the code. It helps us give back. We're going to start running some giveaways here soon now that the numbers have picked up. They're doing great. Thank you all for listening. We're going to get some good giveaways coming, but that just bakes off of you using the code. And then that's the only sponsorship we've got right now. The other companies, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. I ain't even going to say anything about them. So thank y'all for listening. And as always, good morning, good afternoon, and good night from the V2 crew.